All right, y'all. Coralyn Hazelwood here. I'm back. Exponential Growth Podcast. Apparently, funny story about this podcast. I just will be super quick because I d- deeply value your time. But um, I honestly started this podcast because I had a sweet audio recording <laughs> that I knew a lot of people needed to hear. And I knew that the easiest way to get that out was to put it on a podcasting platform. And so that's what I did back on December 18th. And I kind of just let it sit there. I trusted that like, if I was meant to continue podcasting, putting content out in this way, being of service to you guys in this way, you guys would watch that or listen to it and reach out to me, tell me it made a difference, or people would reach out to me and ask me if I had a podcast, if I was meant to do it. And what happened this week was really cool. I put the first episode up on December 18th. I hadn't even really thought about it moving forward. I knew it was something I wanted to do. But what happened was I had a couple people be like, hey, I really liked that first episode. When's the next one? I was like, oh yeah, I forgot I did that. I should definitely move forward with putting some more episodes out. Then I had two people in the same day be like, hey, I saw that you like soft launched a podcast. Are you taking guests? I'd love to chat with you. And I'm like, yeah, 100%. Let me get you a link. And that is how this podcast came to be. It was not like a, (laughs) it was not a marketing plan. It was none of that. It was just like, how can I get this audio that I have that I recorded on my phone, which I'm doing right now? um, How can I get this out to as many people as possible? And so This space is going to be a little bit different than some podcasts you might hear. Aside from this episode, there will be no intros. (laughs) There will be no long-winded intros about what I'm going to do for you or why you should trust me. I am going to trust that if you show up to listen and I am of value, then you know what I am providing to you. Okay, so that is the premise of the Exponential Growth Podcast. That is the premise that we will take moving forward. Will I have guests on here? 100%. Will, what, do you, what should you expect? Um, course-based, scalable business support, cool conversations with people who've done it, who have created epic businesses, who've helped a lot of people do that, and sometimes maybe just like random musings from my day. So now that that's out of the way, let's get to it. The thing that I wanted to chat about today was online course creators. And if you guys listened to the first episode, you will know that I kind of went off on a tangent about how important it is that we really get clear and good at one thing and focus on making something so good that our clients, our customers, our students have the absolute best experience with us. Because what happens when we do that is they go out into the world and they go, oh my God, you have to take this course I just took. Hey, Becky, you're trying to build a course-based business too. You have to take this course I just took. And they end up doing your marketing for you. They become your little brand ambassadors. And one of the things that I noticed recently for people who have made a lot of money, like I'm talking seven figures, millions, in the course-based industry is that they have very, very few courses. And I find this really really interesting. Okay. They have very, very few courses. And the reason why they have very few courses is because they are so focused on making sure that that course is the best possible experience. That it's the only thing that they want to sell. 
right? And they believe so deeply in the transformation that they provide within that container for people that they want to keep running it, right? They see results, their clients see results. And so you almost get like, addicted's the wrong word, but you get hooked. You get attached a little bit to providing a transformation. And I'm not saying that we are responsible for our clients' results. We are not, but we are responsible to show up for our clients. We are responsible to serve them while they're in that container. And what I see happen a lot in this space is people will launch a course, business owners will launch a course, and they'll spend so much time, first of all, building it. So they build all of the content, they create all of the videos, and what do they do? They put it on a course platform like Kajabi or Thinkific or Teachable or any of those other course platforms out there, and then they try to sell it. And so they've spent this incredible amount of time creating the content for something that they really don't know is sellable. And that's kind of the first problem that we have, right? I'm a big proponent of sell it and then build it. And I know that the old saying is build it and they will come, but if you sell it, (laughs) they will come and you will be more inspired to build it, okay? Having people in your programs is a totally, it's a different kind of magic. Knowing that you put 12 people into a course or you, you, know, you, you sold 12 people an experience with your business changes the way that you show up to create it. It changes the way that the content comes out of you. And that, that, that launch format of sell it first and then build it will change your business for a really, really long time. Because what you're doing is before you create all of this content, you're actually testing the market to make sure that what it is that you're going to sell is actually something that they want, right? Is actually something that they want. So that's the first thing that I think we need to reevaluate a little bit when we launch online courses is sell it first and then build it afterwards, right? But the other thing that I think is even more important to talk about is that when we have more than one program or more than one course, and you can definitely have more than one program or course, right? But just like everything, your attention becomes divided and then your attention is the results are split, right? When we focus on one thing, let's just even take working out. If you put your phone on silent mode and really allow yourself to get into the groove of working out, you will have a better workout. You will have better results than if someone calls you halfway through and you kind of get out of your groove, right? You kind of fall out of it. For the next half of your workout, you probably don't give it as much effort because you've fallen out of the flow, if you want to call it that. And so I think the challenge that we're having in this space is that we, we put out one course, right? And a lot of us are putting out courses to make money. And we think, oh, I need to make revenue in my business. I need to make money in my business. I'll put out another course. I know what I'm going to do. I just launched this course, but I need more money. This one made me $1,000 or $2,000 or $5,000. I'd like another $5,000. I'll just launch a new course. I'll just put something else out, right? I'll sell people on something else. And what happens when we do that? What really truly happens when we do that? 
what happens is that we become focused on getting more money in our bank account. We become focused on launching something new and our attention goes away from the students and the clients who we've already promised a result. And so what happens is that oftentimes students, and this isn't the case all the time, but I've seen this happen in a lot of businesses. And I've seen this kind of endless cycle of putting out new content and putting out new programs and putting out new courses over and over and over again for that momentary spike in revenue. But this is a never ending cycle. And some of you guys might have gone through this. Some of you guys might have learned this the hard way. Some of you guys might be learning and realizing while you're listening to this that you've been doing it the hard way. If we have one program though, if we have one course and that one course, we really truly dedicate our time and our attention to it. And we dedicate it that time and that attention to our clients and their transformation and their results. What happens when, that, when, that, when, when we do that? We talked about it in the previous episode, right? Those people that you just gave an epic transformation to go out and market that program for you, right? Maybe people in their sphere or in their family or in their bubble, their social bubble, now that we have COVID, um, are like, hey, Stacy, you're really different or you're really doing this differently in your business. What have you been doing? And she goes, oh, I've been taking this course. And so what does that person do? They go to your website or they go to your Instagram. And unfortunately, that program's no longer available. You're now selling something totally different. And so you just missed a really easy, not only sale, but a really easy transformation, a really easy testimonial for your business, right? And so you guys can see how you can kind of get in this never ending cycle of trying to recreate the wheel. When in reality, if you had really stopped, if you had stopped him and grateful for that 5,000, you stopped him and grateful for those five people, and you really sat down with them every week as you rolled out your content and you really listened to them in your program and you took note, okay, this, you know, so-and-so didn't get what she needed out of this video. Well, how can I make it better? What can I do to support other women like Monica or men or any gender or any non-specific gender? I'm learning with that. So bear with me. Um, you can really, one, have a really massive impact on her life and her business if you're a business coach or if you're in that business space in a really short period of time. And then she goes out and raves about your transformation, right? And what that does when you take the time to really be present with your students now who are going through your programs and your courses, and maybe it's one-on-one -on -one coaching, and you are really, really present with them, you start to learn all of the things that they really, truly need help with. I talk about this a lot in uh, Goals and Growth when we're talking about social media. Um, the, the, the goal of social media is to listen, 
right? When we're scrolling Instagram, we should really be listening. We should really be paying attention to what struggles people are sharing on their stories. We should be paying attention to what people aren't sharing, what people are not talking about. Because those people who listen to their clients provide a better experience. And as a result of that better experience, it leads to more sales. But not only that, it leads to more impact and it leads to a bigger transformation. So I want you guys to ask yourselves (laughs) before you, I'm super passionate about this. You guys can probably tell I'm like out of breath, (laughs) Um, but before you launch a brand new program, I want you to really ask yourself, did you listen to the students in your previous program, right? Before you decide that your launch was a flop, let's say you get four people in your first course. That's four incredible people that you can impact. That's four people who, if you give a really great experience, are probably going to go out and talk about you to one or two friends. And so the next time you launch that product or you offer that course, what happens? You now already have eight potential people to get inside your program. So you've already doubled down on your enrollments, on the people you can help, right? And that snowballs and exponentiates. And we're in this weird space of thinking, I have to have more, I have to have more programs. I have to do more. I have to be more. I have to put out more. And you don't. You need to do less. You need to do less with more intention. We need to put out programs with more intention, right? We need to document and celebrate the experience that our clients are having in these courses, in our businesses, even in our services, as we're going. I see this all the time with service-based entrepreneurs, whether that's copywriters or, heck, this was me a little bit earlier this year, where I was so caught up in making sure that I had enough revenue in my bank account that sometimes my clients fell by the wayside. I was so caught up in getting new clients, this was really early 2020, I guess, super early 2020, that I missed the mark. I sometimes didn't provide the best experience for my clients. And what happened? They walked away from my business, yes, with what they wanted. They got their new website and maybe we migrated them into something like Kajabi and we streamlined things but they weren't going and shouting it from the rooftops. And I started really noticing that around probably March, April of last year, 2020, that the clients who I overserved almost, right? I'm not saying don't have boundaries, but like you overserve them. You far exceed their expectations. You support them more beyond their wildest dreams, right? You give them a better website designing experience than they had with their previous person, with their previous designer or their logo or whatever it might be that you're trying to sell. Those people sent me people. And what I realized (laughs) was that when I got really, really good at that one thing, focusing on the experience that my customers had, When I got obsessed with making sure that they had a really, really good experience, I didn't have to market. I did not have to market. My website didn't matter. 
My sales pages didn't matter as much. There was this inherent trust, which again, we talked about in the previous episode because someone they know and trust had recommended them to me. And this is still how a lot of my business grows is through referrals, right? Is through referrals. And I say this often and I really deeply believe it. If I would say like 90% of your clients are not referrals, you need to start over or you need to sit down and really ask yourself, what am I doing wrong? Where am I not focused on these people? Because these people are ideally who you want to be working with, right? You have an unbelievable amount to learn from being in rooms and being on calls and having chat conversations with your existing clients. Your existing clients will show you way more about what they need, what their problems actually are, what they think their problems are, than you could ever assume from your little bubble. And I'm going to say that again because I think it's really important. There is so unbelievably much to learn from your clients, especially if you think you're an expert in something. You have so much to learn from the people who have decided to trust you. They have opened up their business. They've opened up their lives. They've opened up their wallets to work with you. And those people hold the clues for exponential growth. And so I want you to ask yourself, if you recently launched a program or you put out an offer and maybe you only got one or two people who said yes, the questions are, am I solving a problem? And do I know that this is a problem that my client has? Or do I think that this is their problem, right? Do I think that this is their problem or do I know that this is their problem? This is coming up a lot in Design to Scale. We are writing out our problem statements, which is the problem that we solve, the one problem that we are known for. And most people go and put, I solve this problem for my client. And when I ask, do you know that this is the problem you solve? They're like, no. Okay, well, how can we be sure that this is the problem you actually solve? And just like I previously said, it lies in your past clients. You can ask them questions. You can go back to them and say, what problem did I solve for you? Did I give you more time freedom? Did I make running your business easier? Did I eliminate migraines or headaches? Did I help you connect to spirit more? Did I... Um, I don't know, even if you're doing physical products, did I provide you with an incredible blanket that kept you warm? What is the problem that I solved for you? And if you really enjoyed working with that client, if you had a really great experience working with that client, and guys, the people that you have a really, really great experience with, you enjoy working with them, even as a service provider, those are the people you need to be paying a lot of attention to. We're all going to have, as we grow our businesses, 
clients, students who were like, oh, you can almost feel like this sigh of relief when it's over, right? And the question you have to ask yourself when you have a challenging client, the question you have to ask yourself when you have a challenging student is, what could I have done better to make sure that this type of person, and there's nothing wrong with this, does not come into my program next time, right? Because when I marketed it, it was probably too vague. Or service-based entrepreneurs do this all the time. I did this a lot last year. I will admit to it. It was a massive learning curve. I have learned my lesson. We take whatever we can get because we don't think there's any more coming. And so if you are a, I'm going to use my example because I learned this lesson the really hard way. If you are a website designer and you really love working in the Kajabi platform and you realize that every time you take a WordPress client, you want to literally, I don't know, never look at your computer ever again, right? That's a clue to you that you said yes to a no. That is your clue that that is not what you want to be doing with your time. And when we operate from that space of I am going to say yes to this person because I need the money or because I don't believe that more people are coming, which is what you're really truly saying, you're operating in a lack mentality. And guys, I did this a lot last year. So if you're thinking, sitting there and you're like, oh my God, I'm operating, you, everybody does. We, it's, it's part of, of the beginning phases of growing your business. In fact, I'll probably be learning this lesson for the rest of my life because we always, as business owners, are in refinement, right? I call this the refinement mode. And I think that we have this idea that we're going to declare our niche and it's not going to change. <laughs> and how naive are we to think that that's the reality that I'm going to declare on this random day during the year that this is now the person that I help um, and that's never going to change. You know, the question is really, have you worked with that person? Do you know that you enjoy working with that person? Can you give that person results, right? I think that if you take maxi action at the beginning and say yes to everybody because you're new and you're learning and you're growing and you don't know what you want to do, that's a totally different story. But we have to do that knowing I'm going to say yes to everything for a certain amount of time so that I can get the clarity on who I want to work with, so that I can get the clarity on the problems I actually want to solve, right? Now, if you come to me with a Squarespace website, I will not touch it with a 10-foot pole, <laughs> I will send you elsewhere for someone who is running Squarespace websites or who's working on Squarespace websites. I don't believe as course creators that we should have all of the different pieces of our business in different places on the internet and Squarespace and Teachable and all these things when they could all be in one place. And I've, I've been paid a lot of money to migrate people out of those platforms and into better ones. And so for me... It almost feels wrong. Like that's really how it feels. It feels morally wrong for a business owner for me who is trying to build online courses or a membership site or 
trying to sell information on the internet to set them up with a Squarespace website because they're going to need something new a year from now, six months from now, two years from now. And so for me, that feels weird to take their money knowing that this isn't going to serve them as they grow their business. It's almost like I'm setting them up for frustration. (laughs) And those clients that I said yes to, right? Those clients that I was a yes person to, I didn't, nine times out of 10, I wasn't able to give them the best experience possible. Not because I'm not good at what I do, but because I wasn't invested in that work. Because it wasn't my passion. It wasn't what I was excited about. And I had this happen where I'd be working on three, four, five, six websites at a time. And the ones that I were working on were inside the Kajabi platform. And the ones where the deadlines got pushed, the ones where I was like super late, last minute on the clock, were always in different platforms. Or they were always in things related outside of website design. And so when you have those experiences and you say yes to a lot of people at the beginning of your business journey, it's okay to do, but you have to do it intentionally in knowing that you're saying yes in order to learn if this is something you even want to do. Okay. And so if we go back to our courses, right, if you put out a course and you get three or four people in that course and the whole way through that program, you're like, this is awful. I don't want to get on my group coaching call and I don't want to show up in my Facebook group and I don't want to put new materials out. One, that program probably is not in alignment with what you want to do or the people who you've sold that program to are not the true people that you want to help. They're not the ones that you genuinely want to support. And that is really, really great information for you so long as you learn it the first or the second time it happens. And then you take conscious action to make a different decision moving forward, right? So if that was you and you put out that course and it didn't have the right people in it or you didn't want to show up and you decide, okay, this is, I'm never going to run this again. I'm never going to run this again because I really didn't enjoy it. Then by all means, close the doors and don't open again. But if you open the doors to a program or you start a membership and it brings you a ton of joy and you fall in love with the experience of being of service to these people and the process of creating the content lights you up, you find yourself staying up late to do it, then don't create another program. You've, you've found your spot, right? So long as you're able to put people in the seats of that program, even just two or three, and you were able to give them a transformation, you've found an idea that you can move forward. You've found a program that you can scale. You've found a solution to a problem that people are looking for a solution for. And it's your responsibility as a business owner to move forward with that. So what I want us to do in 2021 is I want us to get really, really clear. I know that the niching thing is way outdated and overdone. You guys are probably really freaking sick of hearing about niching down but it is so important. The narrower I get in my business, 
the narrower I get in terms of who I help, what they need, what their problems are, the more my business grows. The more my business grows naturally without me really even asking for it. It just happens. It's like, it's like this tidal wave that you can't stop. But if you're constantly saying yes to everybody who comes your way, even when you know that you are not the best person to help them, one, you're being fucking selfish. I swear on this podcast, you're being selfish for not pointing them into the direction of someone who can truly solve their problem. You're being selfish by choosing to have more money in your bank account than caring about the result, the impact that you have on someone's life. Life. That's selfish. But it's also selfish to say yes to people who you know are a no and not focus on talking about the things that really light you up. When you say yes to people who are no all the time, and guys, I'm speaking to myself right now. When you say yes to people who are no's all the time, you rob yourself of the ability to get really good at what you do. You rob yourself of the ability to get crystal clear on who you help. And when you do that, you rob other people of the transformation that you can provide. And it is our responsibility. I believe this. It took me a while to get here. I've seen a lot of really sketchy business things. I've seen a lot of really sketchy course things in this space that I don't agree with. And it stopped me from putting out what I know for quite some time. But if you know that you can provide a solution to someone's problem, if you know that what you have to say or that the work that you can do can help them, it is your responsibility to shout that from the rooftops. And if you don't do that, you're being selfish. Again, you're focused on you. And I did this all last year. I did this for a really long time. I was so focused on, well, what will people say about me? And what if people don't like this content? And what if people don't agree? I've got a lot of controversial opinions. What if people speak up and speak out? Again, I'm focused on me in that situation instead of the people who are out there running businesses on multiple platforms who are pulling their hair out, trying to figure out how everything connects. And I have a solution for them. Me not sharing it because I'm afraid of what someone might say is selfish. And so if you're afraid of being seen like I was, I went through a really traumatic experience working in the online space and in course-based businesses. Not that long ago, about a year ago. It, it was devastating. And for an entire year, I allowed the fear of what that community might say to stop me from helping more people. And when I look around 
the funny part is that when I walked away from that opportunity, okay, I walked away because I knew that the people that were being serviced, some of them were not getting the results that they need. And I knew what they needed. I knew the problems that they were facing. I knew how to help them. And I didn't do it because I was afraid of being seen. I was afraid of what might happen if I spoke up. I was afraid of what might happen if I made more money than my family members or the people in my close circle. I was afraid of what that might do to me. But when I launched Design to Scale this year, some of those people who I knew I could help last year jumped into that program. And now I'm realizing that I wasted an entire year of my time. I mean, I didn't. I helped a lot of people last year and it was beautiful and I learned a lot of lessons, a lot of things I needed to learn to get where I am today, to have the awareness that I have today. So I am truly grateful for everybody who entrusted me with their businesses and with their courses and programs last year. Truly, deeply grateful. But had I not been selfish this time last year and put out the program and the material and the support that I knew these people needed at a price that I knew was astronomically low compared to the value that I could provide, those people would have had help last year and their businesses would have looked very, very different today. And I'm a believer in divine timing and everything in the right time. Hindsight truly is everything. But looking back over last year, that is my biggest, and I don't have a lot of regrets, but that is one of my biggest regrets, was not putting it out there sooner. Because I know, I know in my heart and in my soul that I could have helped them. Last year... (laughs) And they would have been way better equipped to move through the disaster that was 2020. And so if you're that person who's being selfish and who's being quiet and who's afraid of being seen and who doesn't want to show up because who knows what might happen, the what ifs, right? You got a case of the what ifs. You're thinking about yourself and it's not about you. It is about your client. It is about the transformation that you provide. It is about the result that you give. And I know that we talked about this in the first episode, but I cannot stress it enough. It has been the lesson of my entire life, it feels like, (laughs) to learn and wake up to the realization that, yeah, I'm running a business. Yeah, my name and my face might be on the front of it, but it's not about me. It doesn't matter what my hair looks like. It doesn't matter if I show up in a bathrobe. It is about the transformation that I give people. It is about the results that they get. It is about my ability to serve. And when you know that in your bones, When you know in your bones that the product that you have or the service that you offer genuinely will change people's lives, when you know that, 
because you've seen it happen. Selling people things is a walk in the park because you believe so passionately about what it is that you're doing that the sales, you don't feel like a spammy human. (laughs) You don't feel like you're just spreading more content and more courses for people to buy on the internet. Like you're just adding to the noise. Because you, you know that you help them. You've seen it with your own eyes. And the only way that we do that is by simplifying, getting more clear, refining our message, refining our ideal client, refining our products and services, refining what we do and we do not offer. That is game-changing. That clarity is where exponential growth comes from. So before you launch your next course, (laughs) I want you to ask your clients, what problem did I solve for them? I want you to ask yourself, do I know in my bones that if people invest in this, they will have a transformation? Because when you see that happen over and over again, when you see transformation happen, putting yourself out there, being seen, sharing your controversial thoughts and opinions, it's easy. It's easy. And you become a magnet for people who want what you have. This kind of felt like a really, really long tangent, but these are just some of the insights that I gained from 2020. Just a few, just a few. So moving forward in 2021, allow your word of the year, if we're still doing that, if that's still a thing, to be refinement refinement of service, to be narrowing down, simplifying, getting more clear. Because when you do that, growth is inevitable. It's almost guaranteed so long as you're solving a problem. If you guys did enjoy this episode and you made it to the end, thank you for spending your 38 minutes with me. That means the world to me. I appreciate it more than you know. Please tag me if you're listening on Instagram at Coraline Hazelwood so I can thank you. I know that your time is valuable. I know that there are a million other people that you could be listening to um, while you work out or go for a walk or while you work. I know, I know that you chose to listen to me. And for that, I am deeply, deeply grateful. So please subscribe, please tag me, and I will see you guys on the next episode, I guess.